want to put you on Blog Talk Radio. Um, it's a program that is trying to get 
um, I guess the best way to describe it would be their their goal is to prepare educators um, to teach every child about the vital role of um, LGBTQ history. Um, it has played a big role in the nation and the world and their vision, and I copied this off their website, I, I didn't come up with these wonderful words, is to promote equality in the classrooms, culture, and consciousness by learning and understanding LGBT history. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Deborah and Miriam. They are both the co-founders uh, of the organization. Ladies, how are you? Hi, Tracy. Uh, this is Deb. Miriam. Hi, Deb. And we are so happy to be on your show and have this opportunity to share our mission and our work. Uh, so thank you very much for that lovely introduction. Of course. Uh, we're, we're excited um, to hear from you guys. And, and we also have – I'm going to let you introduce um, the volunteer that has come on, um, and, and I'll bring him on. Yeah, so, so go Robert ahead. Um, has been yes. a tremendous advocate for us, Bob. Hi, how are you? Welcome yeah, so to the Bob, show, Bob. Uh, oh, thank, so, thank you very much. It's great to be on. So um, Miriam often has to come out as straight when we're out in our circles and <laughs> doing our work. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out Bob as straight also. So um, yeah. I, it, oh. it's important to have... Uh, advocates from in, uh, straight allies, um, as well as members of the community who are not directly Absolutely. involved in the education realm, but see the profound need for this. And Bob has been a tremendous spokesperson for us and has, has done a lot of great work on behalf of History and Race. Well, like I always uh, tell people, I, that straight people are very important to the movement, and um, this show <laughs> is while, while focused on the LGBTQ community, we definitely, um, you know, we we definitely welcome everyone to listen to the show, and we do, uh, we do have a lot of you straight people that listen in. <laughs> and it's a way that you know we all we all can learn, and um, and and I I think that's I think it's great that you know both of you guys are involved with such an incredible project. So thank you. Well, we, um, Miriam and I, are uh, we're located in Lowell, Massachusetts, and we are former um, former veteran classroom teachers, uh, boots on the ground in the trenches, uh, working with within the ELL department. So we taught a host of different courses, and also Bless we you. Had, had the privilege <laughs> of interacting with young people hmm. from really every corner of the globe. Um, and quite often they would be arriving from native countries that criminalized, quote-unquote, homosexuality. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I can say as um, I'm 51, and if I know that if I had had just one lesson that introduced LGBTQ history or academic content in any way, in my formative years in elementary school, middle school, high school, it would have made a profound difference um, on how I perceived myself and my place in the world. And Miriam and I both know how profoundly important it is 
the, the content that we present to young people in, into shaping that, that, you know, they have a history. Everyone does. Every child deserves an opportunity to see themselves, their friends, family members reflected in the curriculum. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, can you kind of start with telling us, you know, how did this idea, how did you conceive this idea, on, you know, to begin with? Uh, well, <clears throat> I worked on a documentary film with uh, a former student, um, give a shout out to Crosby Studios, who now has his own uh, filmmaking company. And we had worked on a, a film previously together, which spotlighted our some of our refugee students. And he came to me with an idea for another film. And he said, uh, at, at the time, he was a self-professed straight young man. And he said to me um, in my classroom that he was so frustrated with the continued discrimination and prejudice against gay people, including his friends and teachers, and that he wanted to do something about it. Um, so I, I won't go too too much in depth into that story, but we ended up producing a documentary film called Through Gay Eyes that spotlighted seven Lowell High School teachers, five stu Lowell High School students, and other members of the community. And uh, the result was that the school committee was inviting us to um, be pre presented a spotlight on excellence. And I thought that was a great opportunity to call for, to send around petitions asking for, um, there were two petitions. One was to include Through Gay Eyes as part of a Lowell High School's curriculum in health class. And the second was to call for addenda across many discipline areas to include LGBTQ voices. And I'm gonna let Miriam take over here because, so Deb circulated this petition and she she was very popular in the school. And even though she's not there, she still is popular. Uh, and everybody was on board in signing the petition. Um, and I got the petition to sign, and I refused to sign it. I don't know if I refused. That may be too strong. But I didn't sign it. And so I decided I needed to talk to Deb. We were friends. And I needed to talk to her about why I wouldn't sign the petition. And so uh, I went to her classroom and I told her that I felt that uh, even though I thought it was a, a great idea that to have a petition um, to include something like that seemed very top-down to me and that there was no teacher buy-in, there was no teacher preparation, there were no materials. Mm. I mean, if you talk to most history teachers, they don't know that LGBTQ history exists. So to say uh, now you have to teach it seemed really didn't seem the right way to approach it. So um, Deb was not at all defensive about my reaction to it. And in fact, we started talking. No, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> we started talking um, and having discussions, many discussions. And those discussions over a period of several weeks and maybe even months uh, developed, we developed history on a race out of those discussions of how, what would be a better way to introduce LGBTQ inclusive content into the school. And so our idea was really simple, to create the materials, to provide the professional development, um, to work with teachers and administrators so that they understood what was missing. And if you've never been taught something, you don't know that it's missing. And so the first part of, of what we had to do was really to educate people that this has been left out of your own um, your own 
learning for so many years. You know, most most of us have never studied this at all. Um, young people have today, maybe in college, some of them, but most never received this in their K through 12 education. Yeah, and we also um, understood we could recognize in a, the students that we were serving that this was a profound myth and. Once we made the decision, we, we knew that we were in a unique position. We've been already developing curriculum for a combined 30-plus years. Um, we had already worked with in teacher training, both of us. And we applied and became licensed with the Massachusetts Department of Education with the express purpose of preparing educators to include LGBTQ-inclusive content. And then we started rallying um, the support of experts, expert historians, um, archivists. So we are working with the Library of Congress, One Archives hmm. Foundation at USC Library. Oh, wow. um, also uh, notable um, author Eric Marcus, and he has uh, a trove of 100 oral history interviews that he recorded in the late 1980s, uh, which informed his uh, publications, two publications of uh, making history, followed by making gay history, um, and these these interviews capture um, through their individual stories LGBTQ history going back to the 1940s and really pronouncing how vast the scope of LGBTQ voices are um, as it relates to our American civil rights story. So these uh, voices are anchoring. Uh, some of our academic content series, and we believe that that's really mm. important that that everyone, um, young people and the K to 12 educators and administrators themselves, are introduced to this content through that individual lens, as it has the power to really diminish the misperceptions and myths about about what this is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is, you know, why, and you have definitely touched on that, but, you know, why, I mean, I know why, but to the, just the average Joe that could be, that could possibly be listening to us today, why is it so important that that history get out? And like, you know, you've touched on that, but I mean, but, you know, yeah. what, what is you know, what is the importance of that that you know that you feel? Well, can I, we can have, I answer? Yeah, can Bob, I, go. Can I, yeah, please. Well, you know, for me, being a straight male, and you know, all of a sudden, I was walking around completely oblivious to trials and tribulations of this until I got to really sit down with uh, Deb, and um, I think it's extremely important because. The statistics are the thing that startled me about and alarmed me because of the homelessness and the, um, you know, just the dropout rate, suicides and what have you, that uh, this really needs to, really needs to, do, you know, be introduced to people. And straight people, you just have to know. I mean, you want to know because it's, it's the youth and, you, you know, they're our future. And I think it's extremely important. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, <laughs> and those um, statistics 
you know, despite undeniable societal advancements for um, that we've experienced rather, relatively recently, the statistics that Bob mentioned are relating to LGBTQ youth and homelessness, suicidality, risk behaviors, dropout rates are worsening. In fact, people hmm. are right. shocked to learn that even in Massachusetts, which is a unique liberal bubble, 45% of all homeless youth identify as LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. So as a means, um, we also have a, uh, a youth leadership institute, which we're very excited about, and we're working with cohorts of students right now from Lowell and from Westford. And one of those students stated that um, they wanted to see history and science used as a tool to teach about humanity. And we thought that Hmm. that captured it very, very well. Um, Wow. I think beyond, you know, the social emotional part of it and beyond those statistics, it's just being honest with young people that this history exists um, and that we're trying to educate them to be good citizens, to be civic minded, to understand themselves and each other. And so how can we do that if we're leaving out pieces of history because maybe it makes somebody uncomfortable or maybe Absolutely. that it, it will offend one person or, or a group of people. It's just honest history. I don't think, I always think that that's all it, that's all it is. It's just honest and being honest with young people. And, and also um, when you're honest with young people, their interest in what, their learning increases. <laughs> so <laughs> they they talk about this, kids talk to us about this all the time, like, oh, if I had only learned this in school, I wouldn't have been so put off by my history class. And history is the least favorite subject of, of students in the United States. <laughs> not for me, not for me. Yeah, I was not for me either. <laughs> well, if we See, that's one of the example, things that was... I, w- I wanted yeah, to give ahead, an example. I, I I play in a band, and I was at the club, and the bartender, young woman, college, uh, you know, college age and whatever, and we, I told her about this, um, the show and history unerased and whatever. She says, oh, it's great that we live in the north uh, and not in the south because, we, you know, it's much better for those, those these folks here. And it's really shocking wait a second it's not you know right. people don't right. get it people don't know it's not a you know you think oh it's down south and they they don't know anything but up here it's, you know we're all educated and whatever that's baloney it's not yeah. you need to you need this it's something that uh, folks have to understand yeah that's so true and um you know, I mentioned earlier um, that we taught um, within the ELL department, which means uh, we were working with new immigrants and refugees. And mm-hmm. when Miriam and I co-founded History Unerased, we were in the fortunate position of still being in the classroom and creating some of the materials and being able to to use those and beta test those with our students. And I had a student come up to me after after class, and I don't remember if we had learned about the Lavender Scare or, or Bayard Rustin, but he was uh, Mohammed, a refugee from Iraq. And he said to me, Miss, everyone in the world needs to learn about this. 
this can change the world. Um, yeah. You know, that it's a vignette that I think about so often, and it, it speaks to the fact that I, not only is our curriculum um, have a, absent of a lot of voices, but it's a matter of disrespecting our young people and their capacity for sophisticated understanding and disrespecting their need for us to give them a more honest reflection of our shared collective historical narrative. Right. And, you know, I, I've always believed that without, without education, without learning, you know, for me, it's history. And I think that people need to learn history of, of everything and not just single out the good parts, you know, and not, not just learn what, you know, I learned in social studies in the seventies, you know, George Washington, Paul Revere, we had a tea party. I mean, you know, uh, all the, all the little highlights, you know, with that lack of understanding and lack of education and um, the historical prevalence of things, um, I think feeds into the ignorance that people don't, that people don't understand um, our history and the culture and what, you know, we as LGBTQ people have gone through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've even had on the show some of our younger listeners, um, you know, uh, you know, I might mention Harvey Milk or Matthew Shepard or, you know, other things. And some people had no clue what I was talking about. And I was like, mm-hmm. aha, you know, I brought on Matthew Shepard's best friend. I brought on, um, you know, someone from the foundation. Um, you know, it, it's, it, you know, just trying to educate. That's, that I, I so agree with what you guys do. Um, I think, well, I, you know, education is key. It is. And I something you just mentioned made, reminded me that we wanted to point out that we're not outing people in history, that we're not using today's language to talk about the past. Um, All of our materials are grounded in primary and secondary sources. And it's really offering students a constructivist approach. Um, All of it grounded in an essential question, either living history uh, videos or you know, the Making Gay History podcast series with Eric Marcus. Have to get a plug out there for that. It's phenomenal. If you check it out, makinggayhistory.com. Um, those yeah, I want to check that podcasts. out. I, I was just reading about that this week. Um, yeah, so I, those I podcasts wanna... are developed. Um, Sarah Burningham is doing great work um, developing these for adult audiences. Just So just to be clear, so... Um, what we will be doing for educational purposes uh, will be different. And, um, okay. I think too that, um, that when Deb mentioned constructivism, it's really, in case there's non-educators listening, it's this idea of taking making meaning out of materials that are given to you so that students are looking at primary sources, um, looking at documents, and trying to construct meaning. And so we're really asking students to grapple with history, not just to be told this is what you should think. Mm-hmm. There's a place for that. There's a, not for t- being told what you should think, but there's a place for learning information. But once you have that information, um, 
you can take that and understand it and make meaning for yourself out of that out of those materials. And so it's it's not only that there's we're teaching history, but we're also using a method of learning history. Mm. Absolutely. So it's, for, it's, for an example, okay, um, one of our um, my favorite example actually, we know that every child learns about the Red Scare, McCarthyism, the 1950s. Mm. Um, what students also need to learn about is what is called the Lavender Scare, which uh, mm. happened simultaneously, and young people need to be offered that broader context to understand the intersectionality of so many other pieces of what was happening at the time. Um, and by the way, the Lavender Scare affected tens of thousands more than the Red Scare. Yeah, and that's going to be my next question. Obviously, you can't teach us a, a lesson, but you say, you know, you go back to the 40s, and what are, what are some of the, can you highlight some of the things in history that um, some people may not know about, like, that you talk about? Right, well, the medicalization of quote-unquote homosexuality, the criminalization of quote-unquote homosexuality, um, and, and it's important to note that a lot changed after World War II. And I, Miriam and I offer our students, um, people that we work with, a, this cautionary statement that the advancement of time is not necessarily commensurate with the advancement of social justice and equity and understanding. Uh, in the 1940s, um, in fact, this is on uh, Making Gay History podcast series, an interview with Dr. Evelyn Hooker, um, and she was a psychologist at UCLA, and one of her former students befriended her, and over the years, they, their relationship grew, and uh, Sam's partner, George, who was the first introduced as his cousin, um, and Evelyn and her husband became very close, and I believe it was the Thanksgiving holiday, they were sharing a meal, and Sam said to Evelyn Hooker, look, we have let you get to know us and see us as we are. We're not sick. We don't need therapy. It is now your responsibility to do a scientific study about us. And that was the impetus for her very famous work, um, her study titled The uh, adjustment of the male overt homosexual. And that work was very significant in removing homosexuality as a diagnosable disease from the DSM. Uh. So that, that's one example. Yeah, and if um, we have another example we could give, and that actually is um, based on the Harlem Renaissance, which almost every student learns about at some point, often in 10th grade. <laughs> English class, and the Harlem Renaissance was a time of a great freedom of expression. So when you teach the Harlem Renaissance and you're not teaching that there was this LGBTQ um, component, at least, to it, then you're really missing so much of it. And an example that I like to use is of a poet that I enjoyed when I was in high school, County Cullen. Um, of course, I didn't know that he was a gay or maybe a bisexual man. But when you learn that information about him, 
then you understand his poetry in a very different way. And you can see the intersection between race and sexuality um, that's prevalent in his works. And it really changes the meaning and informs the work that he does. So students not knowing that, they're, they're really um, missing a key component of understanding of, of his work and many other authors and poets' work. Wow. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, I wasn't aware of that. Um, I mean, what are, what are some other things that you guys, um, I mean, this is interesting to me because I'm the history dork, but uh, <laughs> there's some things that people may not know about necessarily well, when, that, that make our community what it is today. Uh, another example, every child learns about Martin Luther King as part of the, the civil rights movement. And right. they need to also learn about Bayard Rustin, um, who was Martin Luther King's right-hand man, yeah. implored yeah. him to uh, use, remove all of the weapons from his home and um, employ the methods of Gandhi. He organized the March on Washington. He read the list of demands. Um, a couple hmm. of very interesting facts relating to Bayard Rustin, when he was bestowed posthumously the Congressional Medal of Freedom by our President Barack Obama, uh, the, the medal was given to Bayard Rustin's partner, Walter Nagel. Now, most And that has been recently, hasn't it? That was, yes. But when Bayard Rustin passed away, his obituaries read in most newspapers, with the exception of two that we found, um, that he was survived by his adopted son, Walter Nagel. Now, that is uh, no. accurate, but it is not the truth. And there are many examples throughout history of when adopted sons, you know, for the purpose of the transfer of property and wealth, um, it may have been, it may be historically accurate, but it's, it's not reflective of the truth of the relationship. Um, and also another interesting aspect about Bayard Rustin is when uh, the DNC chair informed Martin Luther King that he wanted Bayard, who was very powerful, to step back and to not be so involved uh, with MLK and threatened um, releasing a story that MLK was having an affair with Bayard Rustin. So, um, and this is what oh, wow. Miriam was to talk about. I didn't know that um, part. Oh, man. That what MLK chose to do and how he handled that situation is the really right place for students to discuss and learn about the complications of choices and what's at stake, not just for an individual, but for a movement. And also being very careful to not, again, look at the past in today's terms and say, oh, that was totally the wrong thing to do. You should never have done that. Understanding it was a different time, different place, different goals. So um, students, again, they're grappling with the past and um, understanding it, not looking at it from today's point of view. We call that perverse presentism, this idea that we're just wow. using today's standards to look at the past. So Bob, what when when you started working with with us, what um, struck you the most, or what surprised you the most that you learned about relating to LGBTQ history? 
I've know, never asked the, that the yet. That really, yeah, the thing that got me was the, you know, all of these things, like you were just talking about Bert Rustin and Walter Nagel, and, and then mm. you were interviewing these wonderful women the other day, and challenge challenges and you know hiding and and whatever and it's a, it's amazing these stories are so enlightening out there but i think what i've learned most of all is to be is that my sense of compassion and sense that i think this is extremely important and that it's important for someone like myself a straight male to convey this to my my friends gay, straight, or otherwise. And I think I've learned that uh, tremendously. And I, the thing that surprises me is you really have to sell this. And it's crazy. This should be like a no-brainer. You should, you know, they should be beating down the doors uh, uh, with Marion and Deb. Uh, just knocking down the door, but you have to go out and you have to sell it. And uh, it's, uh, it's something that needs to be done. You know, it, it, I, I mean, it, it's it's not funny, haha. But you know, you guys were talking about how you know kids nowadays, you know, learn about Martin Luther King and um, about the Civil Rights Movement. And uh, I, I know we mentioned the South earlier. Deb knows this about me. I'm originally from Mississippi, and uh, you know, my parents sent me to an all-white private school. Um, what definitely would not have been um, my <laughs> um, choice, but you know what? What do you do? Um, and you know, I never learned about what happened in my state until I got to college, and then I made it. I made it my life's work to learn as much as possible about the civil rights movement. And then of course, when I came out and, you know, as we've, you know, I know you guys can't talk politics due to the fact you're, uh, you know, you are a nonprofit. Um, I've worked in nonprofit. So, um, but, you know, we, we've seen so much homophobia, um, Islamophobia, xenophobia, you know, it just so much that people need to be, educated about and uh you know um you know because not everybody i mean not that i'm some superstar but you know not everybody's going to want to go and you know dig around history and um i really commend you guys for for what you're doing because i i i think it's so important so so important um We think so too. Oh, you're <laughs> but course. we know that there's also we know that there is resistance. And if I can just tell a brief story about something that happened, um, Deb and I were at a conference, the National Council for Social Studies uh, educators, just this past week or about a week ago now, and we talked to over a hundred educators. We had a little table and. People were coming by, and people were, all of the teachers were incredibly interested in what we were doing, and from all over the country. Um, Mm. They were interested. They wanted to bring this to their schools. Some of them were a little concerned about pushback, but many of them felt that they could do it. So I went and spoke 
to um, a couple of publishers who were there who were displaying at beautiful booths and uh, some of the biggest publishers in the country for education. And the reaction from them was much more, was much more, uh, they were much more reticent than the teachers themselves. Uh, one particular uh, representative from a company said, I don't know, we sell most of our textbooks in the South and in uh, Texas, and I'm not sure that having this in our, you know, having a book like this would really work for us. So the publishers were behind in their thinking from the educators themselves. The teachers are ready, the students are ready for this, but the publishers are are really concerned about pushback from parents or religious organizations. Um, anyway, I found that fascinating. So I don't know what to do about that issue. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah. The, thing the, the need for a real grassroots effort to, to make this happen. Um, you know, we know that that this will save lives. This will impact yeah, everything. This is a this is something that will help and help kids, and that's that's the important thing. And it's about education. And listen, the book publishers, when they come up with the idea themselves, they'll think it's a great idea. You know, they, yeah. they, they, <laughs> when they think of it, you know. But oh my goodness, you know. The, but uh, and um, you know, you're from Mississippi. My 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 grandfather was from Vicksburg, Mississippi. Oh wow. Um, yeah, he fled fled the segregation and whatever. But all of those things, and I listened to him and his history. So history is a really important thing for me. I enjoy it, but so that's why I I think this is extremely important because you gotta you gotta be. I think kids are out there. They're sponges and they're absorbing things. And uh, I think this is a good thing. And I I think it's a really great thing. Absolutely, and you know I. Yeah, you, you guys mentioned that podcast, and and I have no issue promoting other podcasts. And um, you know, I would love for you guys to to share that information again, and make sure you share how people can um, contact you um, and donate. I want to make sure we get that. I'm just saying it out loud before we we get to the end of the hour with you guys, because um, I I think the more we all work together. Um, you know, that's why it's important to me. I, I go out and try to find, especially for the Friday show, um, you know, LGBTQIA, um, you know, businesses and, um, that minority owned small businesses that, you know, cater to our community and, um, you know, I, I just think we should all work together. I think it it, it works a lot better that way. <laughs> um, we couldn't agree and, more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The partnerships and collaborations are key. And, you know, our, our community has been fractured for, for so long. And we, we hope to be um, influential in bringing together like-minded organizations with a shared vision um, and you know, the intersectionality uh, between racism, sexism, heterosexism, um, xenophobia, you know, it all is rooted in the same thing. And to find opportunities to have a united voice and 
dismantling that is is critical, I think. So we should mention our website, <laughs> which is unerased.org. And our organization's name is History Unerased, but our website is unerased.org. And if, and if people want to donate, we are uh, nonprofit focus right now is mm-hmm. um, accepting funding support for our Youth Leadership Institute. Mm-hmm. And that funding goes toward stipends for the students who successfully complete the program, as well as um, supporting bringing in um, living history and expert historians to speak with them. And that is on our website, unerased.org, the youth leadership page. But we hope everyone checks out everything on the site. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't know who did your website, if you guys did it on your own. It is fantastic. A lot of content on there, especially for you teachers out there. Um, I I would definitely, uh, you know, check check into this website. And um, for those of you that that can donate, uh, this is a great organization. I mean, I I know I'm, I'm always promoting organizations that people can give to because people people always ask me, you know, what what are the ones you would donate to? And you know, the more I keep learning about new ones, I'm like, there's so many, you know. Um, but you know, you, yeah, you guys. Awesome. I mean, this is this I is. I mean, like you said, I mean, this could save lives. Um, just much. through education um, and understanding one another. Um, I, I, you know, I wanted to mention another um, topic or another unit that we've developed, which is new and it isn't on our website yet, but will be soon about Sylvia Rivera. And as you probably know, she was very instrumental at Stonewall and also in other um, uh-huh. LGBT rights movements. And uh, the, so the unit about her will dispel some myths about Stonewall and also recognize her contributions to Stonewall as well. So that should be available sometime very soon. That's uh, that's so will, will the, can the public purchase that? I mean, will I be able to go on there and purchase it? or? If you're interested in purchasing materials, right now we're doing a little bit of a revamp of some of our materials, but please contact us, and we'll let you know as soon as we have them for sale. And that's going to be very, very soon. Uh, The materials are on our website. We're just consulting with some historians to go over a few things because we don't want to send out wrong information. Um, But we, we definitely have materials for teachers and for schools. And we also provide... Uh, professional development for educators and for school districts. And Deb and I were both classroom teachers and also teacher trainers. We can promise you our PD is it rocks. Okay, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and we use our own materials. I would and, have uh, to think, I, I mean, just in seeing what I have, um, the the material it, it is amazing. Um, and you know, like, like I was saying, I've worked in nonprofits and work with, um, you know, have worked with school counselors and stuff like that. And that's, you know, why I'm asking if, you know, I want to turn people on to this website because um, it's, it's, you know, it's so important in the civil rights movement of, of for the LGBTQ community. Um, 
And, I mean, like I said earlier in the show, I mean, education, education, education. Um, that is that is what is going to um, turn people's minds around about um, about our community and about who we are, uh, where we've come from. I think, I mean, that, and that's important for, you know, even people in our community to understand um, where our community, what, you know, what it grew out of, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, maybe the, maybe that's the history lover in me, but I, I mean, I, I, I really, um, I, I'm really, um, very, just in love with this project, and I would like to get more involved. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I can talk to you guys about that later. But and the show will always be here. I mean, whenever you want to come on. Um, <laughs> Terrific. You're, you're welcome. Yes. We'll talk after the show about the details. Yep. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, it's and really the only only way to break the cycle of fear and shame and violence is through education. And invariably, when when educators are presented with this content, when young people are presented with this content, invariably the first reaction is anger that they're just learning about this now for the first time. In fact, one student said um, that he he felt cheated and inspired. Wow. I I think that sums it up perfectly. I mean, how people would feel about it. Um, Yeah, for sure. we have. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you, I don't think you have to be gay to uh, or be part of that community to be cheated. I mean, listen, I feel no. I don't know all this stuff. I mean, God, I mean, that's history. That's about people uh, that that paved mm-hmm. the way. Uh, that's what this country's all about. That's what we're all about is discovering it. I'm cheated. My kids are cheated. My daughter's cheated. My nephews, all these kids are being cheated and they don't know. And the thing yeah. about it is, is that they don't know how to be a good friend to somebody who's gay. No, and that's what this is all about. If you know some history, you know this and that, you, you can have a conversation. You can be a friend. You can be a pal. You don't have to go, oh, my God, you know, whatever. Yeah, and, Bob, that's that's so true, and it speaks to – I mentioned Mohammed. Um, earlier and his comment that this that everyone needs to learn about this this can save the world well he went off to to college and he came back to visit me um, relatively recently and he shared a story that in one of his college classes he became close friends with two other young men and they would spend a lot of time together and one of these other young men um, came out to the other two Mohammed and his other friend and the other friend um, would have nothing to do with that other young man after that point. And Mohammed said wow. to me that because he had learned what he did um, with just that one lesson, that he under he was able to not only main, not leave that friend, but appreciate him even more. So right. That's, that's great. To what you were saying, Bob. Yeah, yeah. 
that's a that's a power that's really powerful um coming from someone um you know so young that um and and sadly you know all of us that have been through the um coming out process you know unfortunately we have i know i have encountered um you know the the same thing you know of of coming out to friends and friends having nothing to do with you i mean i get i i grew up in the belt buckle of the bible belt and so um i'm a recovering southern baptist and um, <laughs> i mean i i Praise lost the Lord. So, yep. many, Center. so many yeah i i lost so many friends wow well i'm sorry to hear That's that I'm sorry to hear that. You know, well, that's because, you know, you know I, that... I learned from that. I, I learned from it, and you know, you share that story now, and I think what you guys are doing, um, educating, you know, the the heterosexual kids that you know, it's the. You know, I don't mean to sound like a Saturday morning cartoon, but you know, the more you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, and I, I think when people have an idea of of what our history is about and um, where, you know, I mean, things that people have gone through just because of who they are, um, you know, sadly, when you start talking about the Matthew Shepherds, the Harvey Milks, um, the uptown, you know, the lounge in New Orleans, um, Pulse in Orlando, um, no. I mean, if you have any ounce of humanity, I mean, you, you know, I know right now during these political times that um, it's it's hard for a lot of people to grasp that. But um, the the more we're educated, I firmly believe that we will you know, be able to de- defeat hate and at least diffuse it. You know. Um, yeah. And the more that, and, and the this, more and this, this know, hate and fear is constructed, and that's right, right. Something that young people need to understand: this social construction of um, of so many things, including gender. Um, and and everyone deserves the opportunity to engage through an anthropological and a biological lens of understanding people who we label as LGBTQ today. In fact. It wasn't that long ago in our collective historical narrative that that people who who we label and understand as transgender have always existed, and often exactly. they were revered exactly. in their communities and regarded as a gift to their communities. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, when I was in the service, um, there was a um, one of the guys that I was in Vietnam with in the field. He was gay and. We didn't, it didn't even, it didn't even dawn on us, none of us. And because it was just a different kind of bonding that place. And, you know, a couple of people got you know, a little nervous, but they found out, you know, that he was just a regular good Joe, you know, you know, a regular guy. And that, that's important. Right. That's important. Yeah, it's like, it's like I told so many friends when I first came out is that, you know what? I, I you don't like 
you know, if if you're if I'm talking to one of my, you know, friends that's a female, like that's heterosexual, like you don't like every man that comes along. I mean, because they were like, you know, no. thought maybe I had it in for them, you know. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm we're we're not attracted. I mean, I'm not. I have a type <laughs> or. Um, you know, <laughs> don't, we all. don't flatter yourself, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we all have types and whatever and it's it's crazy. Uh because it and you know the 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 thing that I see being a straight male and be with my with friends and see people some of this uh anger or hatred or uh, lack of knowledge, it's very, very instilled in them. And they don't want to bend. They don't want to give it up for some reason. Uh, you know, you know, give it up for Christ's sakes, you know, uh, and, and embrace these people. Embrace them. Embrace it. But they really want to hold on to it. And it's sort of like they wear it like a badge of honor or something, I mean, up for the lack of a better expression. That's too bad. Yes. Well, what you know, we're we're getting towards the end of the hour, and um, you know, we could talk about this all day. I mean, I I can talk about history sure. all day. Uh, <laughs> it, it drives people crazy. Um, but um, you know, what are some things you want people to take away from, um, you know, from hearing you today, and you know, if people choose to get involved, uh, with your program. Well, I I think what we want is for um, parents, educators, administrators to recognize that there's a need for this, that they need to think about all of the children in their schools, think about how this will benefit young people, with the understanding that this discussion uh, in a non-academic form is everywhere in popular culture. It's on social media, it's on TV, it's in the movies, it's everywhere. So children need to have an academic foundation so that they can better understand popular culture. We've been hearing so much about fake news. If we're educated, if we understand critical thinking, we can recognize the difference between what's real and what's fake. We need to give our children those tools to be able to do that. We believe in academic content, academic foundations. This isn't about something fun or sensational. This is just honest history involving higher order thinking skills, critical thinking, um, understanding Mm -hmm. the difference between fact and fiction, being intelligent, having agency to make decisions in your life. That's what this is about. It's not about convincing someone of anything other than the need for critically looking and critically examining what's out there already. So that's mm-hmm. what I want them to say. <laughs> and I would wow. encourage everyone to to talk with, if you're a parent and you want your child to have access to this material, please talk to your schools. If you're a teacher, yes, yes, yes. please talk to your schools. If you're an administrator, please talk to your teachers. If you are a young person, talk to everybody. Oh, and this is another thing. 
um, I used to say to my students often, but probably not often enough, and that is they have tremendous power, that their voice matters. And hmm. thank you in advance for making the world a better place, I would often tell them. I just yesterday I was um, gave a presentation at Middlesex Community College, and wonderful, wonderful young people who give us so much hope. Um, yes. So young people out there, tell everyone that you want this. Everyone else, please continue conversations, talking about the need for this, and encourage the schools to bring this in. Absolutely. And for all, my, and for all the straight men out there and straight people out there, you know, grow up, get a life. Bob, and, I love uh, you. I, I really love you. You know, get, get, a, get a grip on yourself. Get a grip on yourself and enjoy this and grab a friend. Get a new friend. I mean, God, my, these two women, Deb and Dee, are my best friends now, and I, and I love them. And I was able to give them a, a – they asked me to give a thing. I mean, it, this, was, this was something else. I mean, this, it, it, embrace this and kill life, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> We love you too, Bob. Bob for president, 2020. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, guys, thank well, you great. so Thanks. much. And um, listeners, I, I hope you will go on um, to unerase.org. Um, check out their organization. Check out everything that they have. Um, and, and you guys are on Twitter, um, on most of the social media sites, correct? Yes, yes, we are. And you can find all that on our website. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and Wonderful. Please, if and, anyone has any and, questions, reach out to us. Yes. They they are awesome about getting back to you. And um, you know, and again, if you if you have a little extra cash before you know the holiday, they sure would take it um, before the end of the year. I know. And of course, they'll take it next year as well. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you guys so much um, for for coming on and. Um, it, it, it's been a real pleasure. Oh, Tracy, thank, thank you, you so much. We really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you're you. welcome. Thank you, Tracy. Okay. Right. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back to the top of the hour, I'm going to be speaking with um, one of our new sponsors from Hot Butch. Um, so we'll be right back. Thanks. Don't call me Gaga. I've never seen one like that before. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You amaze me. He ate my heart. He ate, ate, ate my heart.
sponsors that we're bringing on the show um my my primary goal is to um it just you know get get the brands out there um that are you know minority on you know lgbtq owned and operated and um you know bring exposure to them and um you know, and hopefully you guys will support them. Um, we're going to be doing some giveaways with them. And I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped up about working with these guys. And uh, we had got the time, it was our fault. We got the times mixed up and I just want to bring them on immediately because they've been holding forever. And so um, Karen and Nick, welcome to the show. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yes, you're so welcome. I'm so glad you guys can make it. Um, it so, I, I first I just want to start out by thanking you for you know agreeing to be a sponsor on the show, um, and you know just getting the word out there um, about you guys uh, is really what I want to do. And um, and I, I love I, I love your clothes. I, I, I'm just so excited about um, being able to wear them. And um, tell us a little bit about the inspiration um, behind your clothing line and, um, you know, what, how, how, did, how, how did we get here? I guess this is a, a good way to ask. <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, we got here from myself being a professional um, and looking dressed in, you know, power suits, if you would want to call it that, and high heels and and white pearls, you know, and I would look at myself and just wonder if I was dressed to the equivalent of that, but in my own style, and I never feel like I measured up in my attire. And uh, the clothes that I bought at Macy's or, you know, Express or wherever, they still had discrepancies in areas that didn't fit me and where, and that stuff just sort of leached away at my self-confidence and took away um, what, I, what I knew I came to bring to the table. So, um, so that was my initial inspiration was what if I could have what I wanted in my own closet, what would I create? And that, and I started with a vision board, and you know, here we are. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the clothing itself? Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, many women, um, 
that are LGBTQIA, um, you know, don't want to fit the stereotype of what the world, you know, what the Donald Trumps of the world think women should look like. And, uh, yeah, I, I always keep it political, sorry. Um, but um, you, you guys provide, you know, a, a line that um, – you know whether whether you're a trans man, you know a, a tomboy, um, you know if you consider yourself butch. I mean it's a, it's a um, it, it's it's really hard to put one label on it for me anyway because I believe that so many I feel like so many different styles of women, shapes of women, everybody can rock these clothes. Um, oh, love hearing that. Yeah, I mean, I I, yeah. I I love it, and I've um, been preparing for the show. I went on and saw a bunch of your your fashion show. Nick, you rock it, girl. My God, thank you. You, you, you guys are great. Um, you know, and I I think it's I think it's wonderful. The um, you know, not not all, but some of your models, I would say. In in the in the model world, or not your typical model, and I love that. Right. I mean, you you right. have women of all sizes, all um, styles, all you know. It's 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 beautiful. And um, tell tell us a little bit about the clothing line itself, and you know some of your inspirations there. Yeah. So um, you know, I just sort of like clean lines, you know, but I, I am, and I like classic stuff, but I like to create things that have a little bit of extra detail. So, you know, um, my business partner is always saying to me, hey, you know, why don't you just create a white dress shirt that's just simple, just has white buttons, and there's nothing special about it. So we have like a cheap shirt that we can sell to people who keep complaining about the prices, right? And I say, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I say, okay. And, you know, I, I talk to the supplier. We work on a shirt like that. And inevitably, you know, my goal is to sneak in some extra little thing, some extra pop of color or extra piece of fabric somewhere or cuff buttons, you know, that, uh, do something interesting so that it's not just a plain white shirt that fits. I feel horrible doing men's shirts for women. Right. Or right. trans men or, you know, for our community, you know, that comes to, to buy our stuff based on the aesthetic that we've created. You know, um, our, our brand is more like, you know, how can we have a of color or a splash of style so that, you know, not everybody wants to wear bow tie. Not everybody wants to wear skinny tie. You know, so we want to give them an extra pop of color, you know, maybe in the collar or in the cuff or, you know, in the, in the yoke on the back, something, so that it just, you know, has a little bit of style to it. And it's not grandpa's re-engineered shirt. Exactly. I mean, even even with your, you know, I've I've seen with some of the white shirts that I've seen, you know, you you make it your own. I mean, you you know, the buttons may not go all the way down, or um, right. the collar is much different. I mean, it's um, 
you guys pay great attention is. to detail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, well, looking at, at it. Yeah. It is. It definitely is. I think that's what actually had caught my eye, you know, before I started modeling for them. Um, you know, a lot of the clothes, I just kind of looked at it. And it, it really wasn't new, you know, your your average shirt. I mean, there's just dramatic detail to the, the, the clothing, whether it's a, a button or a color of a button or a collar or, you know, just something that just really pokes out of nowhere, you know, and it just kind of gives it that oomph that you just really, you really like, you know. Right. On top of the fact that it helps us, you know, it helps fit us, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's why I really started modeling with them is because, you know, I just, I believed in their ethics behind everything. I believed on, you know, how well I could dress and look, you know, with that type of clothes without even, you know, feeling comfortable in my own skin and just mm. and liking the style, you know. Absolutely. I mean, how can you not like the style? I mean, it's, it's so, uh, it's, it's, it's different from anything I've ever seen. And, um, you know, I was like, I want to work with them. Um, oh, a friend of mine told me about you guys, and I was like, I it's it's amazing. I mean, I love the work that you guys do. And um, so, uh, Nick, are you, you're you're the spokesmodel, correct? Do I have your title yes. right? For yes, okay, yes, that's right. Have you have you always been modeling, or was this your um, first? I've I've done modeling before. Um, you know, not, I, I don't think that I have gotten as involved with modeling in the way that I do with Hotbush. Um And like I said, you know, that's just because, you know, before Hotbush, I, you know, it was like take a picture, do a fashion show type thing. And, and right. it was all good and dandy, you know. But when I got involved with Hotbush, it was, it was like, it was about more than a picture. It was about more than just a fashion show, you know. There was there was a message behind it. You know, there was something that went with the picture, with the fashion show, with the style, the look, you know. So I got more involved because it was something that I not only enjoyed, but I believed in. Right, and I think that's so important to, um, guy, I mean, when you're, you know, when you're when you're working, you know, to believe in what you're working for and striving for, and um, I I can see how you you know get behind them. Um, something that I I wanted to point out too that that I really I I love when companies do this. Um, you know, I mean, you have everything from extra small up to what size, three or four X, up to uh, yeah. yeah, up to four X. Okay, yeah, and. And it, it doesn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't appear like you guys charge extra for the larger clothing, or am I wrong there? Yeah. Um, so many, so many places do. Not, not, yeah, not all of, not all of ours uh, are extra, but we do have three or four styles um, where we do charge an additional $10 per shirt just because we are so and you know, right. so bootstrap that you know when we when we have three X's and four X's made, 
we're charged additional money for that extra fabric to make that shirt. And we have a very small margin. Is the key, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so um, we have a really small margin for what we do. So we want to make sure we're being, you know, ethically, you know, fair to our customers, but also, you know, respecting what we're having to pay for the clothes in order to keep the doors open. You know, we have to, we have to meet, we have to meet this, you know, halfway. Right. So hopefully we won't always have to do that, even on a, on the few shirts, like the tuck shirts and so forth. Um, right. Yeah, and I kind of figured on some of those shirts they would be a little more. But, I mean, just because, yeah. I mean, you guys use some really quality fabric, it, it, you know, from yeah, what I, do. everything I've read, yeah. it, it looks like, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's not something that you can pick up at, you know, Walmart. I mean, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it is right. very, very quality. And yeah, the fabric's yeah. very thick in my hands on them. It's great to see people when they put our shirts on and to watch them say, oh, this is, oh, you know, and they straighten up and, you know, their body sort of adjusts to the fabric. It's like, oh, oh, this is nice. You know, it's like they didn't expect that. They didn't expect that. Right. That's what we're about, you know. And, and in order to, to, to be able to offer that, we have to pay for it. We have to pay for it. And we're absolutely that, that that doesn't have an investment. So we don't have investors behind us. Um, this is truly bootstrapped. And so to be able to keep the doors open and offer what we do and care about that and continue to care about that, mm-hmm. you know, we have to make sure we have at least a little 30 to 35% margin that we do. Oh, sure. And, that, I mean, that yeah. totally makes sense, charging extra for... But you know, I mean, I noticed some you know some of your stuff you don't. I mean, I think it's a nice balance that um, right, right. And, and I just love the fact that that you know lots of times you know maybe um, you know chestier women like me you know it's hard to find a, a a shirt that you know you may see some cute little tomboy wearing and you're like oh, I'll never find that shirt to fit me. And I know. you know, and 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 you guys, you guys have that, and um, yeah. you know, I I, I love that, and, and and hearing you talk about, um, I mean, because I love clothes now. I oh, I love clothes. I'm, I'm a clothes whore, and, uh, and and shoes and everything else. But you know, I I know I just I love them. And 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 you're so right. When you're able to get in something that looks good, and you know, I mean, I just I, I can't wait to get my hands on you know clothes from you guys and and wear and you know I wear them you know when when I'm out publicly and um, let people know where they come from because um, you know we obviously want to drive business towards you guys and um, but you're so right about you know when you find that right shirt that. It is is not you know I'm I'm also really short though and so you know I I can't fit in men's shirts I mean the the sleeves will be it, it I'll just look like a you know crazy kid I mean you know you gotta roll the sleeves up five or six times and 
I mean, that doesn't look good either, you know. No, so, and um, when you don't look good, you don't feel good, and and you don't put right. your best foot forward. Yeah, that's a problem. Right, that's and problem. I think guys are doing a lot to meet that problem, and mm-hmm. and having having the clothing available that people want that you know. You know, to the to the person down in Mississippi that can't, you know, has no clue about, you know, where to find clothing like this. You know, now now they have a place they can order online and um and and, and feel good about themselves and not have to go to the men's warehouse or you know something like that to um to to get their clothing. And um, so I, I really appreciate what you guys do with um. You know, it, I it, just like you said, you 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 look if you if you look, you know, know you look good, you feel good, and um, you know, I I mean, I love putting on you know new clothes that I just love, and you know, and you know you look good, and it and it's like yeah, so um, you know, people um, people will be be able to do that with with your clothing. Um, and I, I find the pricing very reasonable. I mean, because you guys are putting out, I mean, this is this is fashionable items, you guys. And, um, you know, and like we said, it's not, it's not cloth that you're going to find at, you know, a Target or Kohl's or, you know, Macy's even. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I love... Um, I love all the different cuts and colors that, that you guys have. And, um, you know, I, and, and like you said, I mean, you, you guys are, you guys are pretty new, right? I mean, when did you guys start? We've been around now for, um, four years. Okay. So, I, I thought it was yeah. fairly new. Yeah. And, yeah. For us, it's still that's still pretty new, you know, because we're still like little toddlers oh, yeah. out here. Yeah, yeah, it's been four yeah, years. Yeah, and, and yeah, a friend of mine had told on. me about you guys and said you were fairly new. But I mm-hmm. went to your website and was like, oh my god, I've I've got to, um, you know, and yeah, I was like, I've got to get in touch with these guys. They're you know, it, mm-hmm. it just looks fantastic and. Um, so glad yeah, what, are, what are, out. yeah, definitely. Um, what are some of the things that you would say that, um, you know, you guys kind of specialize in? Um, I mean, cause you have some killer shirts. Um, you got the shirt bar, I would say which dress I love. Shirts. I would yeah. say the dress shirts. I mean, that's definitely a, a top seller dress shirt. Um, the vest on the jackets. I mean, they sell, they, we were talking about it one time and, you know, I mean, we'll sell jackets in summer, you know, just because they're just nice, you know, people love them so much that, you know, they'll buy them in the middle of the summer. Yeah. So so um, funny. We, yeah, we have fun when we go do our pop-up tours, you know, and um, we watch people come and it's hot, it's hot as hell. And people will come up and, you know, We'll bring some of our jackets, you know, just because, and they'll come up and buy them. And so Nick and I just look at each other and go, wow, you know, we're selling jackets in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) I think that says a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think that the jackets um, initially were our, you know, our lead um, for people, you know, because we did a wool mm-hmm. jacket and then we did uh, a rebel jacket that I named it that had a funnel co- uh, funnel collar and uh, knit knit sleeves and you know the thumb inside, et cetera. And so um, we those were super popular. Both of those jackets were super popular and were like our workhorses, you know, that really the company was like, oh, okay, you know, we see your edge, we see your design um, aesthetic. And so now um, we've been trying our best to get hooked in with another factory that we feel can produce our jackets in the quality that we've come to expect. And we got set up with one and then, um, and it was in Turkey, you know, and some issues are happening there. So we've had to change course and find a different supplier. Mm. So Nick was just with me last week. Uh, She was in from Vegas to help reorganize the studio and everything um, being the supporter, the huge supporter that she is. She, she's my right hand aside from, you know, folks model. And uh, so, you know, we were looking at a sample that came in and we took a picture of her and it looked pretty good. So I think we've identified the supplier and we'll be able to start making our jackets again, which people really, really love from us. So Fantastic. that should be coming early, early next year. We'll be having some of those jackets in. Yeah, because I've I seen like the shirts, too, though. I, I didn't hear you guys. Go, go shirts, ahead, Nick. I was just, yeah, I was just talking <laughs> about the shirts. You know, a lot of – I know that your original question had been, you know, like uh, what people really like. Um, and, yeah. you know, between the the dress shirts – again, the reason why that the dress shirts are so popular is because, you know, when you have women – that, you know, we want to dress masculine because that that's our preference. That's my preference, to dress in more of a masculine attire. You know, not because of society, not because society says so or they don't say so, but because I say so, you know. And <laughs> exactly. That's, exactly. That's, that's, that's what I want, you know. That's what makes me feel comfortable, makes me feel confident in who I am. And um, so when I put on, you know, a help which dress shirts you know it's designed not not like if you go to macy's you know you go to macy's you, you might you know but i put them on and they don't fit right you know the shoulders are you know they're designed to fit the body style and masculinity of men you know which i don't have you know like you i'm actually kind of short i don't know what what my pictures oh, give right. off but i'm i'm kind of short you know and so you know, my body isn't as, my shoulders aren't as broad as, as I'd like them to be or they're, you know, just just how my waist is or whatnot. So when I'm able to wear Huckwitch clothes, you know, especially their dress shirts, I can get that look that's sitting at Macy's, but, but better. You know, it looks good on me because it fits me. And, you know, the quality, I mean, surprisingly, you know, by thinking Macy's and all these top brands, you think, wow. You know, and they do. They have good clothes, but I mean, help which the quality of the shirts and everything that comes in. I mean, it's not cheap. It's not, you know, there's there's never fabric hanging off or or any. I mean, this right. is literally good 
fabric, good quality made. I mean, from details to buttons, I mean, it's it's just it's good stuff, you know. So when I put it on, I feel I feel confident, I feel happy, I feel great about me, about my my gender, my preference of who I want to be, mm. what I want to be, how I want to look, you know. And I I can do that and be comfortable fitting it the way it needs to fit me, you know. Not like tucking in. I don't know if anybody else has ever had that issue, but you know, you when you first start dressing mac, masculine you kind of have little things that don't fit you, you know, so you kind of like tuck it or, you know, mm-hmm. even like our box, you know, when I, you hide it, you tuck it, you try and cut it off, you try to alter it some way because you want it to fit you, you know, and, and you go through that, you know, that's just, you kind of go through that from when you first start dressing masculine, you know, and, and how you want to look. And um, like our boxers, you know, we, they're men, they made to fit us. You know, and, and before right. then, we would just kind of, like, hide and tuck and roll and <laughs> do all those things <laughs> that you don't have to do when you shop with Help Butch. And right. you know what else, too? And you know what else, Tracy? It, 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 What's that? It, kill, it, it blows my mind how, you know, myself included, how many of us have things. I have so many things in my closet in my drawers that I've bought from top brands that only halfway fit me, that I've paid good money for that halfway fit me, you know. But then, you know, we'll be scrutinized for our prices. You you see what I mean? Right. And that's what I was kind of hinting at was that, I mean, your your shirts are as high quality as, as any out there. And, you know, you you know you, you don't have a problem going out and buying, you know, a hundred dollar Ralph Lauren shirt. Then, why know, why why won't you feel comfortable buying from, you know, a quality and it will fit you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and you're supporting our you're supporting our community. You know, and you exactly. won't have to wear a sweater vest over it either. You know, that center, <laughs> that middle button is going to close, and it's not going to be too long for you. You know, you, you're not right. going to have to tuck it in, miles of tucking in in order to wear it. So, you right. know, I mean, I think about how many times, and finally, when I got my own first hotwood shirt, I said, I'm not buying any more shirts from Macy's. Not a one. I'm not buying. Then the next thing, I'm not buying any more vests from Macy's because they don't fit me. Right, right. You know, and now I have. Um, when I get dressed, I can put on hot butch now. I know what size I wear in hot butch, <laughs> and it would fit me every single time. Right, and you're you're not. Yeah, you're not guessing and. You know, you, you, you know, and if you're buying that men's sweater or shirt, what vest, whatever, um, I mean, you're you're so right that it doesn't, it never fits, uh, you know. And I mean, for me, it'll it might hang down past my ass or something. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is mm-hmm. not gonna work, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to, um, you know, working with you guys and. Start setting my wardrobe up too, because um, I've got my eyes on some stuff, and 
after Christmas. <laughs> you may have to yeah, know. what are you looking at? What are you looking at? What do you, what oh, do you like? Well, I tell you, the, um, the shirt that I really like, I've, I've, got your, I've got your website here. Let me make sure I give you the right name. I am in love with um, the Annapolis Tomboy shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is, that is hot. I like it. Um, That's a really <laughs> popular shirt, those polka dot shirts. We can't keep yeah, them in. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It is. It is definitely a popular one. Mhm. Well, that's good. Dude, I think I like, you'll be happy I, I like with it when you get one. Everybody else likes, but and I like the Bohemian, um, the the lace ups too. I don't oh, think yeah. I could ever pull that off. Shirt. <laughs> it's a very sexy shirt. Yeah, it's a very sexy shirt. Yeah. Nick loves the rock like, shirt, don't you, Nick? Yeah. I do. I do. That's one of my favorite shirts. <laughs> <laughs> if you do say so yourself. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do have to say so myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, but I can't after without. seeing you, after seeing you on 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 the runways and stuff, I yeah, I can see you rocking that shirt. Absolutely. Oh yeah, there's a picture. There's a picture of her out there rocking one of the black ones with the red with the red newsboy cap on. It's a hot photo. Yeah, it's I'm a looking hot at photo. it right now. Oh, I. Yeah, it's I, yeah. I've got the website up, and I, um, I can't remember the exact name when the lace up, and I went. I thought it was Bohemian because that's what it looks like, and um, yeah. So looking at it right now, that is a it's a hot shirt. It's a hot shirt. But I mean, yeah. I would be I would be spilling over. It would not be pretty. Um. <laughs> <laughs> me either. For me, either, I, cannot, I could have I rocked it about 20 years ago, but not today. Exactly, exactly. You know, the older I get, I'm like, okay, I can't. I, yeah. I don't need to be wearing that anymore. I, yeah, you're, you're 47. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, like, okay, as let much me as you want to rock that shirt, you cannot rock it anymore. Just, yeah. The sooner yeah. you come the to grips with that, that the better. Over. Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> so we can but still look good. Have choices. It's nice to have yeah. Mhm. So and we can, you know, Tracy, we can still look good, you know, and um, but you know, just no bohemian shirt yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I don't know. Exactly. You can try it on and see what it does. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this, Tracy. Nick's trying to get you in the bohemian. Uh, <laughs> Watch out! I, I see what you're trying out. to do. You might find yourself in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who I think could rock it would be my wife. My wife could oh, totally wife rock this shirt. Oh, yeah. okay, then. That's good. I'm, I'm like the older it. one of the relationship, and she, but but she's oh. a little younger, and uh, but she's five eleven, has a marathon oh, yeah. on her body, and oh, she yeah. could totally rock this shirt. Yeah, she sure could. She sure could. It sounds like it. Well, there yeah. will be a birthday present in sight for her. <laughs> That's right. Just I'm yeah. Gonna have so look into uh, that. Tracy, have have you yeah. been to uh, any of our our fashion shows or anything like that? No, I haven't, and I would love to. Oh, you just missed one we had. We just had a fashion show. Just uh, when was it? Just about a month and a half ago, or a month? Yeah, a month I think ago. It was, what three three or four weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Great. It was um, a great show. 
Oh, that's awesome. I would love to make yeah. one. Please keep me posted. Yeah, definitely. That would be, yeah. That would be amazing. Um, I've got you guys' phone numbers, and I can send you my email and all that stuff. How you can contact me after the show. But uh, Okay. Yeah, I definitely keep me up to date on that. I would be honored to attend. Um, I saw where you guys had one with um, – but is the one you're talking about the one with the Gap and Old Navy? Um, did did no. you guys have one? That, or it was I don't know. It's out there on YouTube. Um, yeah, we have that with them, but the most recent okay. was here in Sonoma County, and it was just uh, it was just us, and uh, we just ran with that runway. Um, it was just a really good show. We got to show a lot of pieces, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. It was right here in Santa Rosa. the very first time that we've had one here, so we let everybody know, who, you know, who we were and what we do, and um, it was a great time. It was a great time. Where where but, all you do know, you where all do you guys go? I mean, for your fashion, I mean, you, are are you all West Coast or you go East Coast? Yeah, we're West Coast, but you know, um, this coming year, this coming year, we Nick and I are planning on doing a, a small tour, like to the military bases, um, some of the university campuses, to let people know that we exist. So you never know when we're going to be out there, um, you know, in your neighborhood. But so we'll reach out because we always remember where our people are. And we'll reach out and say, hey, we're coming, because we'll probably want to have some sort of event. I mean, people find this so hard to believe, but, um, you know, I I live in St. Louis, and, you know, so we're right in the middle of the country, literally. And um, But the advocate, every year, we are in the the top five. We've we've been number one sometimes, or eight. I mean, and they actually have, you know, ways that they calculate this. <laughs> um, I don't know the, the, all, the, all the formula, but um, mm-hmm. we're considered in the top ten, you know, top five wow. right, every year in, in gayest cities. That's amazing. Um, yeah, you know, per wow. capita. I mean, yeah, and um, yeah, we have a we have a huge pride here. Um, they've had to move it downtown, you know, um, because it, it once was at a park and it's just outgrown. I mean, and, um, you know, I mean, and I can travel too, but, you know, wherever you are, but, um, you, know, you might want to keep St. Louis. Um, and they've got two, um, pretty big universities, um, and Washington university, especially, um, it's kind of Harvard of the Midwest and they're very, very liberal, um, and, you know, that might be a really cool college campus for you. Um, oh, you know, that's if you really can, great news, yeah. Thanks for letting yeah, me know I, that. Yeah, I would yeah, love we'll to help, have you, to throw help that you guys. In the mix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, we might have me. to do that, Nick, don't you think? I agree. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really good, Tracy. Yeah, I, I'd love yeah. to, you know, help you guys out any way I can. Um you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna model a bit Bohemian shirt though, Nick. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you wouldn't go that far. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on well, now. The support is I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you you model that, not me. I I know my limit. I know my limit. Um, 
I, I don't want to turn people off from the Bohemian shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just um, throw you into boxes then and no top. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I see how quiet you got there for a second. <laughs> yeah, how, like, uh, how do you know what I sleep in every night? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, tell, tell us a little bit. You know, we're we're talking about um, you know, the community, and um, you know, you're obviously out there. I mean, what what are some things you do within the community, and um, you know, what you try to, you know, um, how you're trying to impact our community? Because I mean, I think you obviously do a lot. Yeah. Um. Well, this last. This last fashion show that we did, um, a part of the proceeds went to um, transgender health in India. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so that was really cool. Um, Let's see, last year, I forget, yeah, last year um, and the year before that, we participated with the Human Rights Campaign, and, you know, we send them you know, like our jackets and uh, dress shirt and any pair of shoes to donate, you know, at their at the dinner that they have where they're raising funds, you know, for, uh, you know, fighting for equal rights. Um, we haven't gotten involved as of yet with any um, anything that's specific, any specific organization where we're, you know, tied to or collaborated with, but we're looking forward to doing that. Um, I especially like the idea of being able to, um, you know, have a fund. My goal, you know, is to look at really setting up a fund to help people get their, you know, surgery, transgender mm. people get surgery, yes. you know, and, and throwing some of the profits that way. Um at the moment, we're not profitable, so it's difficult to do a whole lot of that, you know. Sure. Um, because we're still pulling money out of our own pocket uh, to propel. Yeah, I mean, you're forward. you're still in the process. You're still growing. Yeah, um, yeah. As I said, we're we're toddlers, you know. So um, we do what we can. You know, we donate where we can. Um, we show up where we can. We lend our name. We lend, our, you know, all of that where we where we can, you know. But uh, as far as like being able to financially support, we haven't been able to do very much of that. But some, some. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just showing up and being there for the community and having, um, you know, investing in the community like you have by. Um, I mean, I'm sure this is a huge risk, you know, to, you know, are people really going to buy, you know, buy these clothes? And and I'm sure that you've seen that, that you know, women, trans men everywhere are, um, you know, able to use your product um, and oh, are, yeah. you know, appreciative of um, uh, of just having that option out there. Oh yeah, that's I mean, that... really, really good. And you know, the fact is, is that um, you know we were one of three companies here in the Bay Area, actually four companies here in the Bay Area. Um, uh, Tomboy Tailors, 
uh, Androgyny and St. Herodin and Hawthorne. You know, we all had our specialties, et cetera, in serving the community. And, you know, now the three of those companies have closed their doors. Mm. And, you know, yeah, you know, so it's super, super, super important that it did mean something to people, you know, that they actually come and support. So, you know, that would look like going to postbutch.com and buying your next bow tie there, buying your next skinny tie or pair of shoes there, you know, buying your Christmas gifts there instead of going to Macy's, you know, Nike, those folks that don't really need you. And it does you're just one of many, 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 many. You know, they're not doing anything for you or your community. Right. You know, and, so. and as we're finding out, you know, so many of these companies, in one way or another, have supported Trump. And, you know, so to me, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, there's a, there's a app out there for boycotting all things Trump. And, I mean, just about every single, you know, Macy's, Dillard's, Nordstrom, they're all on there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, why, why not, you know, support something that is for your community and, um, you know, and and I, I think it's great that you're, um, you know, you've you've been so open about you know the, the transgender male because um, I think that is such a it's such an area that gets neglected um, within the uh-huh, community, uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, and I I think that's great that you're wanting to set that fund up. I think it's I think it's great you have the the clothes, um, you know, for for them as well. I mean, and. Um, so you know, just just by being open, you you are there for the community, in my opinion. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. And that's you know, that, yeah, it's important. That's yeah, it's yeah. Important, important to me. You know, we have several transgender males who buy our clothes frequently and who are really ambassadors connected to us and that love Paul Butch. Isn't that right, Nick? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's the clothes a lot of, you know, them. It's so great to see. Yeah. Yeah, and they, you know, them. yeah, it's gotta, it's, it's gotta be so empowering for them mm-hmm. and for you. That's to, exactly to see what that. it is. Yeah, it I mean, is. That's it where is. I. Yeah. I think that, that's what you know, I feel proud is watching the clothes fit everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's empowering too when you know you see these young. Um, Young guys, you know, whether they're trans men or or gendered or they're just tomboys or butches, you know, I mean, you see them come by and they're young, you know, and 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 I think the biggest influence that, I mean, me personally, the biggest influence that I've ever seen that has affected the community, the whole LGBTQ community, is when you see the young the young ones come in, you know, you see them, they're they're 15, 16, sometimes younger, 17, 18 years old. Oh, yeah. And they're so they're so quiet about who they want to be because they're afraid, you know. And yeah. I've seen them be so scared to be who they want to be, who they are. And, mm-hmm. you know, when they see us and they get involved with us, you know, they've written 
a number of emails and, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard so many letters and emails that, you know, I've, I've heard from Karen and, you know, you have so much compassion for them because they turn around and they're just like, I just need to be free, you know, and they turn to us, you know, just to help them with that, you know what I mean? And it's, right. it's yeah. empowering to see that, you know, just a clothing line can make, yeah. you know, a child feel so free, you know, and and it, and it's a warning. It's a warning to know that you know that you can be a part of that. That's it really such is. A good point, Nick. Such a yeah. good point. And you know, with with the show, um, it's been amazing to me how many young people have reached out to me and are like, "You've changed my life," and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> you know. Um, and, and and people are just. Um, you know, happy that we're here, and especially having the Friday show, um, you know, that, that's centered around um, the LGBTQ community. Um, you know, I mean, we have people all over the world. I mean, I've got I've got someone I know that's listening right now from Germany who is just sweet, sweet kid, and, um, you know, she was going through um, – you know, just kind of dealing with herself and coming out, and you know, she's she always tells us how much the show has helped, and that's got to be how you feel, you know, when you're out there representing, um, when when you guys are selling the product, and um, oh yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, I, you know, what we all the time we we've said the shirts can be expensive. I mean, some of them, but you have some very reasonable clothing too that's still very high quality. Um, it's reasonable. I mean, the way yeah. I look at it is, okay, you know, I mean, if you wear, you know, you pay, you, what, like $120 for a pair of Jordan shoes, you know, it's it's what is in right. in preference to what's important to you is what we're going to spend our money on. You know what I mean? Right. I might not spend a bunch of money on makeup or anything like that, but the other person will think that that's important to do, <laughs> You know, right. but I personally, I want to spend money on my shoes and my clothes. You know, I like to spend money there versus spending it somewhere else, you know, because that's what's important to me. And I'll spend my money on that. If, if it's a good, if it's good quality, if it makes me feel good, if I like it, you know, I mean, I'll buy, I mean, I don't, I don't have a girlfriend, but, you know, when I do have a girlfriend or if I do have one, you know, I'll, I'll spend the ladies dollars on a nice person. <laughs> Right. You know, <laughs> um, you know what I mean. I'll buy my girlfriend a, a nice three hundred and fifty dollar purse, but you know, at the same because it's worth it's worth it to make her smile. It's worth it for her to feel that confidence of wearing a, something nice that she feels good about. You know, and in the same sense, Hotwish does that too. You know, I mean, I have I have shirts from Hotwish that are, are you know worth a, a good amount. You know, but. They're, they make me feel better, and, and I think essentially when you spend your money and you look at um, things worth is like value-wise, you know, it's, it's not really what how much it is, but how much value you hold to it that makes it the value. Mm-hmm. You know, so like my clothes, yeah. you know, how much clothes has a lot of value to it. You know, especially for that 18-year-old that you know just is dying to look nice the way they want to, or go to that prom. Or, you know, or that person that wants to get married to her wife, you know, in that <laughs> perfect shirt, you know, and, and, and that's what holds the value, you know, how they feel in it. Yeah. 
got it. It's a good point. And you know, and the other thing is that our, I mean, our treat, our, our cheapest dress shirt is seventy nine dollars. You know, and that is that I think is very a really reasonable good price point. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. very reasonable. And you know, aside from that, um, you know, we can't lose sight of what of what of the social mission. You know, it's it, this isn't just like this isn't just about clothes. This is about a revolution and visibility. And, you know, owning our own. I I mean, Uh I can't tell you how many people have reached out that would like to start their own brand of ties or their own brand of shoes or that are LGBTQ people that, hey, I would love to take them under the umbrella and show them the ropes so that we have our own stores. We have our own, you know, uh, companies and brands that we can support so that we have more up-and-coming, you know, lesbian and gay, transgender artists and, you know, entrepreneurs eventually having a fund of our own. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Right. Like a, we, like can't, a small we can't lose sight. Administration. Yeah, we can't lose sight <laughs> of the social mission that we're, you know, we want to change the landscape here. So, you know, because right now there's a ton of imbalance going on. But we, it's up to us to change it. It really is. Nobody else is going to do it for us. And so you have to think about that. Right. And and I'm always, I always preach on the show, you know, that, that the best, you know, the thing that we've got to do right now um, especially with, you know, what we may have coming up um, in our nation is that, I mean, the way, the way that you, the way that you, you know, hit people is you boycott. You, you don't, you don't spend your money there and you, you spend it, you turn around right. and spend it at my Vote with your dollars. Yeah. Right. You right. vote with and, your dollars. Yep. And, and you will, you will have an impact. I mean, you know, Dr. King and so many others, I mean, look at the impact, you know, they had in the 60s. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at the Montgomery bus boycott for, you know, almost a, a year, um, you know, until they finally gave in um, to to the demands. And, and it, it really, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's so important that we, um, you know, stick together. And, you know, people are like, you know, why do you why do you talk about other LGBT talk shows? I mean, you're basically promoting them, and I'm like, I'm not on 24/7. I mean, and and you can mm. get us on podcasts. You don't have to listen to us live. And um, you know, I I I always give out new shows um, and, and other shows too. You know that mm-hmm, that are socially mm-hmm. conscious and that that we try mm-hmm. to be on on our show and. Um, I mean, I think it's great that you have that attitude because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Most, most I mean, people... it's, it's sad to me when, like, these other companies have had to close their doors, you know? It's like, right. I mean, yeah, it opens up a, a different avenue for Hot Butch, but beyond that, from my heart, from my soul, um, as uh, one entrepreneur to another to another, I feel bad for them having lost their dream. I feel bad for the community having lost yet another option. You know what I mean? I, that Absolutely. Feels, it feels, 
And I know, I know firsthand how difficult this is, how hard it is to do. Um, and I also know how much passion it takes to do it every day. And I love doing what I do for Hot Butch. I love that I can work for Hot Butch, you know. But yeah, I, I sure. also, I look to the community to get behind us and say, we love you too. We love that you're here. We love you so much that we're going to come buy a tie clip because, you know, hey, I have $10 I can spend, you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Vote with your dollars. Yep. <laughs> and that's 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 how we send the message. I mean, you know, um, just you know, like my wife and I really try to um, you know find the small businesses in our area, um, especially minority-owned ones, and and uh-huh. you know, and they're popping up all the time, and. Um, you know, I mean, we, we try to support that, you know, support where we live and, um, you know, because we've, we've got some pretty cool places here and, um, you know, but nothing like what you guys have. I mean, uh, we we don't, you know, have a store that carries that clothing, but, you know, I'm usually always buying online. Um, but I, you know, I think but it's fantastic. It's awesome. The consciousness yeah. is awesome, though. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 that's what we have to do. I mean, um, so I hope everybody will give us the website one more time. And I have tweeted it um, for all of you listening and and our followers to have. And you do ship international, correct? Did I read that? Oh yeah, we have a lot of international okay. customers. Yeah. Cool. Go ahead. You hear that, Miss Germany? <laughs> yeah. What's 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 the website again? The website is uh, www.houtebutch.com. Excellent. And, um, and guys that are listening, just, you know, I just put it out there, so please um, go check it out. I've, you know, follow them on Twitter um, and their so other social media sites. They've got a channel on YouTube where you can, where you can actually see models of all different sizes in, in the clothing, and I, I think that helps you visualize. You know, it's it's not all size zero models. You know, it's not your typical. Yeah. Um, you know, you no, can see yourself. In, 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 <laughs> you know, you can see yourself in one of the models, whereas you know, some fashion shows, you're like, yeah, uh, you have no right. way. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, check us out on Instagram if you really want to see like the full story of the photos. And all of the models, a great display of all the models is on Instagram. I will do so that. I didn't realize you guys were on there. Hot yeah, yeah, we're on there. Some great photos on there. Definitely. I'll look that up. Okay. Well, guys, it is it has been so great, um, you know, speaking with you today. And I hope you'll come back on the show. Uh, we're going to promote the hell out of you. And, um, you're always welcome to come on and promote new items, uh, promote a fashion show. Like I said, we you know we have people from all 50 states and international listeners, so um, you know we're we're welcome to come on anytime. Um, I'm definitely behind oh, what you guys you do. Thank you so much, Tracy. And we're, yeah, yeah, it was going to be doing a giveaway, yeah. and 
you know, I know mm-hmm. that we're going to do some work with you in the in the spring, so that'll be fun. And also, Nick and I are going to talk about where we're going this coming year. So now that you've thrown St. Louis out of the mix, you know, you guys may see us out there. That'd be great. And mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, if you don't make it here, I'd love to you know, catch you guys somewhere for sure. Um, I, I have a feeling we could all get into a little trouble maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> It's especially Definitely Nick. we could just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Nick in the boat. All right. That'll get us in a lot of trouble. <laughs> All right. Wing Thank man you, guys. Play wingman to Nick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, Tracy. Thank you so much. Take care, you guys. Much. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, have a good weekend. Okay. All okay, right. happy holidays. Bye-bye. Bye, Nick. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, make sure you go out there. Butch.com. I put it out there on Twitter. Um, yeah, you can hear how great they are just by talking with them. So hope you'll go support, um, you know, minority-owned businesses the, uh, during the holidays. And um, I appreciate you guys listening in today. Have a great weekend.